Coming up on Chasing the Natty, we're getting started with CFF Dynasty Month by playing an old favorite game of the fantasy industry, Keep, Trade, or Cut. You all listening submitted your scenarios for the game, and we'll be breaking down all of those for you guys today. In order to help us out, we have the editor at CampusToCanton.com and host of the Daily Draft Report, Dwight Peoples, joining the show. All this and more coming right after this. Junior touchdown! Marvelous mark! Ball next to the all-time drop down for Franklin! Oh, majestic touchdown! This is Chasing the Natty, a college fantasy football podcast. All right, welcome in everybody. This is Jared Palmgren, host of the Chasing Natty podcast. I hope you guys are having a wonderful ride to your work on this Monday morning or Tuesday morning or whatever morning, afternoon, or shoot, maybe you're listening to this at 12 o'clock at night as you go down to your refrigerator and grab yourself a handful of shredded cheese. Who knows? Wherever you are listening to this, I hope you're having a wonderful, wonderful time. We got a lot of great stuff here for you guys today. It is CFF Dynasty Month over here at Chasing Natty. Really excited for this month with you guys. Again, not a lot of content really gets put out there about CFF Dynasty, but a lot of people play in CFF Dynasty leagues, and so we're going to touch on a lot of that this month. And we're going to start today with an old favorite game of the fantasy industry, Keep trade or cut from a cff dynasty perspective and to help us out with that i have mr dwight peebles editor at campus and host of the daily draft report dwight how are you doing today sir i am great man i'm so happy to be back on here i kind of feel like i am probably the least qualified person you've ever had on this show uh, and, and i still oh i love it i'm such a fan of everything you do man so this is like a i always love coming on here because i when it comes to CFF, you're you're like my my go to. So uh, I'm always happy to be on here, and hopefully, I don't totally embarrass myself today. So, Not Dwight, well, you're going to be just fine, dude. Again, <laughs> Dwight, Dwight helps us all out over at campusagain.com. I think he has his hand in pretty much everything because he it because his job is to make sure that all of us keep on the straight and narrow path over there, especially with all of our written content. He does a great job over there. We're recording this at night, so Dwight, uh, considering the fact that I get a little loopy after 9 o'clock at night, and I also had some tea tonight with some caffeine in it, something tells me you won't be the one embarrassing yourself tonight. But again, <laughs> we got a ton of great stuff. We got the keep, trade, uh, the keep, trade, cut game, and the best part about that is that it was you all, the listeners, who gave us all these scenarios that we are going to talk about here tonight. So Dwight and I will be going back and forth talking about what we would do in each of those scenarios. But first, we can go and I think we can go and talk about some of these transfers over the past week here. Dwight, nothing too crazy over the past week. Mostly it's been some of the players I talked about on last week's bonus podcast, which by the way, if you haven't already, especially those of you who are listening on YouTube or watching on YouTube, go check out the podcast feed. I put out a extra bonus podcast last week. There was so much going on in the portal, and we didn't really get to cover it when we did the awesome episode with John Lobb and Eric Froton with our Price is Right game. 
I recorded an extra bonus podcast about an hour long where I just went through all the transfer portal news that was going on and gave you my thoughts on it. And a lot of the people I talked about last week that hadn't found a home, they have now found a home. So we can definitely talk about some of these guys here. Kind of a quick run through. We got five names up here on the screen. Caleb Burton, wide receiver out of Ohio State. He finds his way over to the Plains with Auburn. Peyton Thorne, the quarterback of Michigan State, also finding his way over to the War Eagles at Auburn. Caleb Brown, the other wide receiver who transferred out of Ohio State, has found his way over to Iowa. And then speaking of Auburn, with all the Auburn people going to Auburn, you got some people leaving Auburn too, including TJ Finley, the quarterback over there. I think he he saw the writing on the wall, knew he was never going to start there ever again. And then last but not least, you got Ben Bryant, the quarterback out of Cincinnati who started there last year. He has headed over to Northwestern. So Dwight, I'll throw this over to you. Out of these five names, which are the most interesting to you? Oh, man. This is a, this is a tough one. Neither of these really move the needle a whole lot for me. Um, Caleb Brown is, if you're going to put put me to a, like backing up against the wall and say I had to pick one, um, maybe, but we don't really know what's going to happen in Iowa anymore. I mean, I do like that they brought in Cade McNamara. Um, maybe they have a maybe maybe uh, what's his name? The coach there. I can't think of his name. I hate him. Um, uh, Brian, <laughs> he, he's got there you go. He's got some incentive to score points and, and get this offense out of the doldrums and getting some offensive pieces in there. I mean, I kind of like it. Um, I've you know, I'm a Michigan State fan. So Caleb uh, Peyton Thorne going to Auburn does. I mean, shoot, uh, if we got receivers complaining about him not able to get him to the ball, let's put him in the SEC. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any sense. So Thorne doesn't move the needle for me. Burton doesn't move the needle for me at all. Um, ben Bryant, just, you know, he's a decent quarterback. So I, I'm not really loving any of these, but if I had to take one, maybe Brown to Iowa. Really? I, I, I'm i actually really excited about this Caleb Burton transfer over to Auburn. Again, Caleb Burton, let's, all, let's not forget, y'all. Like, he was right. at one point a five-star in the um, in the incoming class that he was a part of last year. And again, high school injury hasn't been quite the same since then, but still, if he can kind of put things back together, he's going to a receiver room where he is going to stand out amongst a plethora of mediocrity over, mediocrity over there in that receiver room. Quite frankly, again, you're excited about Caleb Brown. Caleb Brown made the worst decision, in my opinion. Burton yeah, understands uh, that, like, hey, yeah. I still want to go to a Power 5 school. Let me go to literally probably the worst wide receiver room in the country where I'm going to look great compared to all of these other guys. And they did, as far as I can tell, Auburn did just add Thorne, who I think is probably the best passer out of the bunch in that in that quarterback room, which is a really yeah. sad thing to say, probably. But even so, I think there's there's a little bit of reason to be excited about there. Again, obviously, don't be going and drafting him in like your 10th round of your CFF yeah, drafts or anything yeah, like yeah. that. But, you know, I probably will take a shot on Caleb Burton in like, you know, your round 20, 25 plus range. So who knows? Who knows? TJ Finley, yeah. please, for the love of God, go to a group of five school. Mm, Do not yeah. stay in the SEC. Mm. Just go. Just accept the fact that. That you're not that great of a quarterback, you're not going to the NFL, and just go ball out somewhere because he's got good bowling legs. green, right? Bowling green, right? Exactly. Go to bowling green, <laughs> bowling green, any Mac school. God, that'd be so much fun. Put him in the Sun Belt as well. That could be really fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, actually, it could be kind of fun to uh, throw him at uh, uh, James Madison. James Madison doesn't really have a good quarterback right now, so like again, T.J. Finley, he could probably go down there and do pretty decently. Yeah. Who knows? I can see that. Yeah. 
I'm trying to think. Anything else? Again, Ben Bryant, I kind of threw him up here because, again, he is a starting quarterback. He, he's moving up to Northwestern, which is actually kind of crazy to me because, again, like he's not that great of a quarterback. But who no. knows? Who knows? Any final thoughts here, Dwight, before we kind of get into the meat of the show? Oh, no. I, I do agree with you on Burton to a point, but I just don't trust Thorne. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't think he's going to be any... I, I don't, he's definitely not going to be better in the SEC, so I, I don't even know what he's going to be in the SEC, so... Yeah, but I see it. Who knows? I ex- I expect that Auburn team to be pretty bad, so maybe Thorne's just forced to pass, and it force feeds Burton a little bit. All righty. <laughs> yeah. We got the transfers out of the way. Let's go ahead and do what I consider my favorite part of the show, and that is my spiel, y'all. Got to give you my spiel over here. If you want to... Do, if you want to support what we are doing over here for College Fantasy, make sure you go over and subscribe to CampusCanton.com where Dwight does all of his hard work and making sure that everything is edited and nice and neat for all of you. But including that, or in addition to that, we have all of our written content tools and everything you need for your CFF, C2C, and Devi Fantasy needs and got a ton of great stuff coming your way. Go on over there, three different tiers. Pretty much all of them pay for the pay for themselves easily with the content that you are getting especially with the guides that are coming your way the freshman supplemental guide and the Devi guide have already been released so go check out all of those and we are currently fully underway with writing the cff guide right now and let me tell you guys already we got a ton of guys working on that this year and we are flying through lots of great stuff coming your way with that so be sure to check that out when it comes out on fourth of july weekend Please also make sure you're following myself and the show on Twitter. I'm at CFF underscore Jared. You can also follow the show at Chasing the Natty. And then you can follow Dwight as well at FF People's Champ. Great guy. Always great to interact with him on Twitter. Make sure you follow him as well. And then if you're listening to this on YouTube, make sure you comment, like, and subscribe. All those wonderful things that us YouTubers like to tell you to do. We do have a goal of hitting 1,000 subscribers by the start of the season. We're actually on a pretty good pace to maybe hit that. So... Let's keep it going. And then if you're listening to this on podcast, make sure you follow us wherever you are listening and to leave those five-star reviews if you can. Those help us out a ton. With that being said, Dwight, I think it is now time. Head on over to our Keep, Trade, and Cut segment. couple of reminders I want to give everybody here. Again, this is a CFF podcast. So some of you might be wondering, when we talk about this, why are we talking as much about their NFL potential? Again, CFF Dynasty, we only care about what they're doing in the college level. So I will not be speaking too much on what these guys could do in the NFL. Dwight, I know that with you, with your experience with the um, with the daily... Um, oh my goodness, what, what I forget. <laughs> daily draft report. Daily draft report. Good Lord. With the daily draft report, you have a pretty good idea of how some of these guys could translate to the NFL. So maybe you can kind of throw some wisdom in there. Um, A couple of other things here. We are only comparing the players to one another. So again, each of these is going to be three different players. Just because I give somebody a cut in amongst the three players does not mean go and cut all of them on your rosters. Like a a lot of these guys, you're going to see. You're asking me to debate between. You're asking both of us to to debate between three really really good players who, frankly, all three should be on your roster. But it is fun to kind of be forced into that position of which one would you keep, which one would you trade away, and which one would you cut. And then, last but not least, some teams' needs are going to 
warrant different strategies depending on whether you're a contender or a rebuilder we'll get into some of these where i kind of sit there and think about like it really depends on whether this is a rebuilding team or if it is a contending team i will do my best to try to kind of find myself somewhere in the middle on it but again there's some tougher decisions here so dwight when you play keep trade or cut what is your kind of mindset especially when it comes to college players like how would you kind of go about it and being we're talking from a CFF dynasty dance standpoint, it's just, you know, what are they going to do for me on the field? It takes apart that takes away that Debbie element, that C to C element, you know, as to whether they're going to be successful in the NFL. So it really makes you look for that. And I want a guy I'm going to get really good production out of for a couple of years. Um, I don't want, you know, just one big giant year um, left. I mean, I guess that's part of the game. You know, you do need those players, but I want a guy who I'm going to get, you know, top 10, top 20 at their position for the next two or three years, you know, if, if at all possible, that's, I'm definitely shooting for that. And it, it is really tricky um, as someone who plays so many different formats to separate those in all my drafts. So uh, there are definitely that. times where I get to the end of the draft and I'm like, I wasn't drafting for the right reason. <laughs> you know, like you, you get going, you're like, Oh, this guy's going to be great. And then you're like, Oh, what am I doing? So it's, definitely tricky to you got to kind of keep yourself in check a little bit throughout yo no draft. absolutely i if I, I that's why i never played in a debbie league because i could never ever get the i i could never take the cff out of me like with debbie you're right. f- you're fully interested in what they could do in the nfl and like one i'm not good at predicting that and then two like again my mindset is always like oh but i man he's still available like this is like a first round pick in cff draft. So i'm like wait nope can't do that jerry can't do that um with that being said Dwight I think we can go ahead and hop over here to the first one again like I said these all come from people on Twitter so really appreciate all of you guys who came out here and posted these on the uh the Chasing 90 Twitter account which again this is the reason why you should be following that account because that is how you get this kind of stuff onto the show so what's going to happen here, if you're watching this on YouTube, I got three little symbols there. I got the keep, got the trade, and I got the cut there. And we will drag each of those into one of the three circles corresponding to one of the three different players. First one up here, this comes to us from Byron Watkins at Byron underscore Watkins on Twitter. He is asking about cut, trade, or keep Alta McCaskill, Jarquez Hunter, or Audric estimate so these guys are all relatively going in the same place in terms of cff redraft leagues right now they're all um both hunter and estimate have three years remaining of eligibility mccaskill has four due to the fact that he missed all of last year with that acl injury man i think the easy cut here right now is ultimate mccaskill and i hate to say that because he's the only one of these guys in the transfer portal right now and there is very little likelihood that he lands somewhere right now that I think truly will warrant him being a CFF asset over these other two guys. Currently, I think the favorite right now is Florida, and that'd be terrible for his value. Maybe better for his yeah. long-term Debbie value. I think actually Billy Napier could run, could do pretty well with him over there. But that's the most likely scenario. You got Arizona State and Colorado. Both could be fine, but I think... Neither one of those scenarios are going to get you as good as Jarquez Hunter or Audric Estime. Audric Estime is my keep here. I am 
really big on Audric Estime, especially after Logan Diggs is now out. Like people don't, I don't think people quite understand just how many vacated rushing, yeah, vacated rushing production there is at Notre Dame this year. They're still going to run the ball a ton and SMA is going to get a ton of that, even with guys like Price and um, and Payne behind him. I think he's in for a monster year. And then Jarquez Hunter is the guy I'm going to go with trading here. There are several people out there I know in the CFF industry who are really, really high on Jarquez Hunter. And it's one of those things where you got to know your league. You got to know who's going to be big on a guy like Jarquez Hunter. Specifically, look for the guys who may have had Tank Bigsby on their team in the past. Um, I think he's the one that you can definitely shop around right now out of these three and probably get the most value without sacrificing that much to your team. Because I personally am not super high on Jarquez Hunter because of uh, Hugh Freeze not really having a ton of success at the running back position, at least season-long in recent years. Like, you had some good games out of Day-Day Hunter last year for the most part. But I think this is the order I'm going with. Ultimate Caskill cut, Jarquez Hunter trade, and Audric Estime keeping. So, Dwight, I gave my spiel. Go ahead and <laughs> give me what you would do, if, if it's any different. Oh, yeah, to me, I, I would just switch. Um, I actually don't like Estime at all. I would cut him. He was like, the second I saw this list, I'm like, I, I just don't know if he's okay. got wow. the the ability to have to carry the full load. I, I just, when I watched him as a high school prospect, I was not overly in, in not overly overwhelmed with him. Plus he flipped from Michigan state. So I don't like him. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, it's, it's just, it's, I'm, I'm petty like that. Um, <laughs> and I, I'll keep Hunter cause I do think he's going to be a solid piece for the next couple of years. And well, there you guys go. Trade, trade him to, yep. to Dwight. He, he'll be one of the guys that'll take him. And then I, I would trade McCaskill because, like you said, there are going to be people that are going to still remember that name and remember what he has done and not realize that he is not going to probably do that ever again, no matter where he goes. So I think his still his name is still up there pretty high in a lot of people's minds. So I think you could probably get a little bit more trade value for him. I think if McCaskill landed somewhere like Colorado, you could definitely find somebody who would be on that hype train and you could get somebody to trade for him there. You love Hunter here, Dwight. So again, people are tra- people in my world are trading Hunter to you if they have him on your roster. What would you be willing to trade Hunter for? Oh man, you're gonna put me on the spot. Jeez. Yes, sir. That's I a am. tough one. Um trying to think if we're doing like a if we draft pick things. Um like because I'm not yeah, I'm not overly sold on his talent, but I do think he's got a really great situation there to be a really good back and replicate tanks numbers plus some. So I think I would be comfortable giving up uh probably a third round college pick. I don't okay. know. That sounds yeah. I think he's where do, where do we have him in our RB rankings? Just curiosity, because I have him like his top 20-ish. Um, so I, I think he's quite CFF? a ways down, isn't he? Yeah, CS, CFF. Uh, he's me... quite a ways down there, isn't he? Uh, he's yeah. typically, yeah, typically going as a round 10-ish back, so I don't remember. Oh, geez, yeah. So okay, let so me he's look up here. Probably quite a ways down on ADP and stuff. Sorry. No, you're good. Though. Sorry. Uh, let me just find him real quick. I know. I need to be yeah, do, 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 do. <laughs> Uh, Jarquez Hunter, we have him as our we have him as our RB eighty three. I'm not sure Ooh, who is dragging wow. down that ranking. I yeah, because I don't I don't I don't, I don't think I don't think I have him that low. 
I'm not a big fan of him, but I don't think I have him that low. Let's see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sure. even worst case scenario, he's probably going to get a thousand yards. Oh yeah, I mean. we got we got a bunch of people who have him unranked. Yeah. So yeah, we're oh, we're okay. not, we're not super high on him uh, as in terms okay. of our team over here. So again, yeah. everybody tra- trade your shares to Dwight. Yeah. He'll take he'll take them on. <laughs> we have estimate 38 and McCaskill 51. So that's. And I, I imagine kind of Mc, McCaskill is definitely going to yeah. drop for me if I have if I even have him ranked. Right, because uh, I I don't I trust anywhere he can land right now. Unfortunately, because I do think he's a talented back. I just I don't yeah. know why he left Houston. I, I really don't. So N I L woo. All yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> Let's go ahead and move on to our next one. Thank you, Byron, for that question. This one's a fun one because this involves <laughs> two freshmen. Yeah, and so I imagine this is a league where they've already had their freshman draft, which good on y'all. Um, this one comes to us from one Buddha 12 at bottom feeders 12 on Twitter. He is asking between Connor Wiegman, Brandon Ennis and justice Haynes, the running back out of Alabama wide receiver out of Ohio state and quarterback out of Texas A&M, not respectively reverse respectively. I, I went backwards on that order there for some reason, <laughs> Dwight, you're going to go first here, man. What are yeah. you doing with these three guys? Keep, trade, or cut? When I first saw it, I thought it's not nice. But the more I think about it, it's actually a lot easier to me than I thought it was. Um, to me, I'm keeping Justice Haynes. I think he's one of the top backs in that class and is going to be a really good producer at the at the college level. As typical with an, with an Alabama back, you might it might take you two years to see it. Um, Ennis, I kind of feel like he's already losing a little bit of value with not being there with Tate there and all the other wide receivers balling out. I, I fear that he's going to fall behind the curve. When you fall behind the curve at Ohio State, I mean, it's just it's tough to break through and emerge. So I'm going to trade him. And to me, Wigman's an easy cut. I just for CFF, I don't want anything to do with Wigman. So that's pretty easy for me. So. Yeah, I'm going to keep these symbols right where they are because I am exactly where you are with this, uh, Dwight. Weakman, I agree. CFF, complete cut. If if Campus can't league, obviously you're probably holding on to him a little bit more. But even still, even if you are looking at this from Campus Canton's perspective, like amongst these three guys, you got Brandon Innes going into one of the best producing NFL wide receiver rooms in the country. And he's probably the most talented guy going in there this year. Justice Haynes already... Once again, going into the Alabama running back room that continuously puts out NFL running backs right there, and he's already standing out there. I, again, if you're only choosing between these three guys, I think Wigman's still kind of in a rough spot there. In terms of CFF Dynasty, though, I agree with you. Haynes is my keep here. I absolutely want an Alabama running back that is standing out as a freshman, and I do think Brandon Innes is, has just as high of an upside as Haynes does. The problem is, to me, there's a lot more questions there still to be answered. Like you referred to, Dwight, Ennis has not been on campus yet. You have some of the other freshman wide receivers standing out there already, so he's a little bit behind the eight ball compared to those guys already. Again, I think his talent will catch him up. The likely the likely scenario is that both Ennis and Haynes are both CFF studs down the line because of the rooms that they're in, because of how much they just stand out talent-wise already. But... I will keep Haynes as the guy who, to me, has less questions that remain to be answered versus Ennis. So, good good job there, Dwight. We agree. So, that means that you, you are right this time. <laughs> I All get right. one gold star. Yeah, you got your gold star there. Let's go and move on here. 
not all of these I think will be that quick. Again, you know, guys know me. I'm quite long winded. Also, hold on. Let me give me a second. I am gonna. No, not you. Come on now. I'm gonna mute something real quick because they're distracting me. All right, let's go ahead and move on here. This one comes to us from Chris at FF Chris B on Twitter. He is asking us between three quarterbacks here. You got JJ McCarthy, quarterback out of Michigan. Shador Sanders, quarterback out of Colorado, and Riley Leonard, quarterback out of Duke. Riley Leonard and McCarthy both have three years of eligibility, but quite frankly, it sounds like both of these guys are getting a little bit of NFL draft buzz. McCarthy especially being put in the first round by several mocks. So quite frankly, you're probably looking at only one more year for those guys. Shador Sanders, though, true sophomore, definitely getting at least two years out of him. The question remains, though, how much do you believe in Colorado? Well, my friends, let's look at this here. McCarthy, I think, out of these three guys, holds the least amount of value in CFF Dynasty, mostly because, again, he's probably gone after this year unless he has a rough year. And I think he, again, amongst draft, amongst CFF drafts so far this year, again, obviously not Dynasty drafts, but... McCarthy's a 15th round pick in CFF draft so far this year. Sanders in the 11th, Riley in the 5th. So already there, you're kind of seeing that McCarthy is, out of these three, if you're trying to trade for somebody, he's probably going to get you the least amount of value right here. Here's the kicker, though. I think actually McCarthy's probably better than Sanders in the long run. I'm I'm really not sold on Colorado right now, given what I've seen from them. But because of McCarthy's inability to really get me any value out of a trade, I think he's the easy cut right now. You keep Riley Leonard. I think Riley Leonard's in for another really big year this year. I, again, I don't think there's anything really going on with Duke that tells me anything's going to be different there. You're talking about a guy who's going top five, or he's a top 10 quarterback in CFF drafts. Hold on to him. And if you have Shador Sanders on your team, that's the man you trade right there. There are some true believers in Shador Sanders out there. I believe that he is the one that if you can find somebody who's willing to take on that risk of Shador Sanders and you can sell them on the fact that he will be around for two years, I think you can get a pretty solid return for him if you can find that one person in your league that is a true believer in the Colorado Buffs this year. Dwight, that's my spiel. What are you thinking here? Yeah, totally agree. You couldn't have said it any better than but Leonard was a, a screaming keep for me. Like I was just like, okay, definitely this one. And like you mentioned, I don't think you can get as much for McCarthy. Just, you know, a good quarterback, a, a great, you know, like a real solid guy who's not gonna lose any weeks, but unless uh, Chris K's in your league, in which case you could probably get a you can probably get a King's <laughs> ransom for JJ McCarthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's already gonna be screaming at us for this. You don't you don't cut my boy JJ. Blah, blah, blah. Like but I don't I would honestly think that in CFF Dynasty he would understand as well. So he's not gonna put up the gaudy numbers the other two are gonna put up. So yeah. I like that. That's yeah, totally agree. All righty. Let me just go ahead and put these little symbols back there <laughs> and let's move on to our next question. Thank you, Chris, uh, for that question up next, man, this might be the hardest one we have yeah. here today. Cause I literally put trade slash cut between two of these guys. This comes from us from Benjamin Jacob. He is asking us, he's at sick everyone 2027 on Twitter. He is asking us between, Gavin Sawchuck, Marquavius Squirrel White, or Marquarius, 
Squirrel White, <laughs> and yeah. Joe Milton. This is a tough, tough one in my a, opinion. That's why I'm going to hand it over to Dwight to answer first. So Dwight, go ahead, buddy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, to me, looking at this right away, trade Joe Milton. I think that's just that that one stands out as the the big one for me. I think he's, you know, obviously has really high value right now. This could bite you in the tail. He's probably going to have a gigantic season, but I've seen enough of Joe Milton in my lifetime to know that he is not a good quarterback. Uh, so I, I don't know. I'm just, for me, it's an easy trade for him. Then it just goes down to the other two guys. I think Squirrel White's going to get that production. Um, so will Gavin Sawchuk. So I kind of went back and forth between these two guys. I think I'm going to keep Sawchuk, actually. Okay. I, I like his opportunity. Uh, I'd like to think that Oklahoma's turning things around. And you're going to cut Squirrel. I know. That's a really tough one because I can see Squirrel being <laughs> really, really good in CFF the next couple of years. So, But uh, that's a tough one, man. That's so really, really hard. It is, it is a really, really tough one here. Because again, there's there's risk to all three of these guys, right? I mean, Joe Milton again. I think I I'm convinced that he will be a starter week one and everything like that. And I think he is set up for success in this system. We saw him perform well against Clemson. I think he'll perform better in this system than he did back in Miss Michigan. The problem right. is there is still uh, Nico Iamalieva sitting there breathing down his neck at any point. If he does kind of revert in any games, that could be a problem for him moving forward. Squirrel White, we all love him. But the problem is, Tennessee's got a, got a pretty good plethora of wide receivers, and it's quite possible that it could be a receiver-by-committee almost approach. I mean, obviously, there's right. going to be big games from all of them. It's just, does it become one of those guessing games of which one goes off which week? The great best ball guys... But in a dynasty where you're probably not having a best ball scenario, um, unless you're in a league with Nate, in which case, like, good on you guys. But at the same time, then there's Gavin Sawchuk. He and White are in the same scenario here. Both of these guys got four, or uh, both these guys have, well, actually, Sawchuk has four years of eligibility remaining. Squirrel White, I believe, burned his red shirt so i think he's only got three years of eligibility left but he's still both of these guys you have at least two more years in cff so they kind of equalize themselves out there Sawchuk, he's gonna be a tandem in that backfield with barnes barnes has that dead bone injury it's a not a nagging injury per se because it's not like it's gonna it, it it's just one of those injuries that could pop up at any time so Great. if that does happen, Sawchuck is a huge hit more than likely because he is him and Barnes are clearing away the best two backs in that backfield. Again, this one's tough. I think I am going to I think I am gonna disagree with you a little bit, Dwight. I'm gonna go the opposite here. I'm gonna keep Squirrel White. I think I'm willing to take the shot with Squirrel White in that slot role, being that only wide receiver that Joe Milton really can't out throw. I think he's in for a ton of big games this year. And that really kind of brings me back down to, do I trade or cut Milton and Sawchuck? And I mentioned at the top of the show, this is where that question of, is your team rebuilding? Is your team contending? If your team's contending, I think you're going to want to have Joe Milton on your team. But if you're trying to build something for the longer term, I'd much rather have Gavin Sawchuck. I would right. I would rather kind of trade away Joe Milton, 
to a team that is contending and then try to get something back there and just kind of plan for the future just a little bit more. But again, what do I do here? <laughs> it, it, it this is, is hard. It, this it, is a tough one. Yeah. Between these two, it is so hard. Because again, Squirrel White, he's the one I feel probably the best about, even like, even though I kind of poo-pooed the whole wide receiver situation at Tennessee there a second ago in terms of them being able to spread it around. I would rather take the shot on two years of elite production potentially there in that position. I think I'm going to lean towards... I think I'm going to lean towards trading Milton and cutting Sawchuck. It's hard, but I think just that idea of being able to trade Joe Milton to a potential contender and then being able to build around that for a couple of years, I think could help you out a little bit more. He can get you a little bit more value than what I think Gavin Sawchuck can go for right now. Again, it depends on who you're trading to, but that's kind of my think, thought process. You think Squirrel has the most trade value overall though? Or like if you were to... Say I, think, I am a contender now and I need a quarterback, so I'm going to keep Milton. Yes. I, I honestly feel like you can get a ton more for Squirrel. Like he's, I would agree there. But also, yeah. again, I think if, again, you, when you have your team, unless you are truly just like blowing it all up and everything like that, if you have an asset like Squirrel White, that's still somebody you're holding on for next year. Because if you're a rebuilding team, in CFF Dynasty, you don't take two years to rebuild your team. The with all the people that are on the waiver wire and everything like that, you just really need one or two really good pieces that you can either rely right. on this year or next right. year, and you can be right back in it the very next year. So I think Squirrel White is 100% one of those guys that you would want to keep on your roster, and that if he falls apart this year, then, well, crap, you you know, yeah, exactly. things happen. But at the same time, I think he does have the most value out of this bunch, but that's why I have him as the keep. Right. Yep. I don't have any issues with that. I, I flip flop between Sawchuck and Squirrel. So yeah. it is it, again. That was legitimately, I think, with the hardest one. So good job, Ben, on asking that question. Let's get to our next one here. This one comes to us from Trev at T underscore Rev is Rev on Twitter. He is asking us between two wide receivers who are in the portal and then one that's just kind of chilling out out there on a little old rice. You got Zachary Franklin, former wide receiver at UTSA, currently in the portal. You got Keon Coleman, former wide receiver out of Michigan State, who is currently in the portal. So Dwight already has him as the cut because Dwight's petty like that. And then <laughs> Luke McCaffrey, kind of a random one kind of thrown in here. Really but you know strange, what? Yeah. I, I, I dig it. I dig it. Yeah. Uh, Luke McCaffrey, wide receiver out of Rice here. So where do I go here? I think... The I Zakari Franklin was like a death in the family for CFF fans. <laughs> like it was one of those oh, just surprise oh. out of nowhere. Nobody really considered this a possibility. Like maybe when the portal first opened and everything, we were like, okay, maybe in that first window we could see him going off. But no, he comes back to UTSA. It looks like all right, they're all running it back. And then just out of nowhere one day, Zakari Franga, boom, in the portal. So if you have him on your dynasty teams, which I do, you don't know what to do with him right now. You're you're just praying he lands somewhere that somebody might see some kind of value in him and you might be able to trade him away because I really don't know. Because of that, I think he's the easy cut out of this bunch because Keon Coleman is the one I think generating a little bit more buzz and interest among people in terms of where he could land. I know he just visited Florida State, which is um, 
I know a lot of people are kind of interested in that. I don't know if people really see that as a CFF option per se, but I think once he lands somewhere, he might be the one that if you're kind of wishy-washy on where he landed, you could probably find somebody who's like, oh no, he's out of Michigan State. He can he can thrive under the new offense wherever he landed. I think he's the one you could trade and get some value for because Luke McCaffrey is one of those CFF guys where completely under the radar, had a really good, had a pretty good season last year. He's going as a wide receiver 33. So some people are in on him, some people not so much. But I think he's the one you keep out of this bunch. He has the least amount of questions be answered right now he has gt daniels playing at rice i think he will as poorly as gt daniels played last year at west virginia i still think gt daniels is an upgrade at quarterback compared to what he has been dealing with i think luke mccaffrey out of these three is probably the one you just want to hold on to your roster right now because i am not entirely sure where franklin or coleman land that'll get you a better situation than what mccaffrey has at rice white yeah agree actually... or disagree actually totally agree. Okay. Yeah. I I wasn't going to cut Keon. I I do think he has a lot of of name value right now. You know, he, what he didn't two weeks ago, but I think now all of a sudden it's nice to hear, you know, people are like, Oh yeah, I thought, you know, I had all these yards last year. And all of a sudden he's this now all this publicity is actually helping his value. I think a ton. And you can, I think Florida state's a pretty good place and I really hope he lands there just for sake of production mm-hmm. and having Jordan Travis throw you the ball is definitely way better than Peyton Thorne. So I'm kind of hoping for him to land there. I think McCaffrey feels like the safest one though, as a guy, you know, you can just rely on. And like you mentioned, Franklin, I mean, where is he going to go? That's better than what he had. It, it, it's rough. And I hate the fact that you would cut him because he was a first round pick. So, like, and if you did a CFF draft recently, like, so again, you don't, don't go wanna... and cut Franklin. Yeah, right now. yeah. <laughs> but again, just among these three, I right. would, he'd be the one I would right. cut. The other part of this is I should have mentioned this as well. McCaffrey has two years of eligibility left, and I don't think right. he's planning on going to the NFL. I think he's planning on sticking around at Rice. So, as long as they have a pretty decent QB situation there, he should continue to be productive. Meanwhile, I think one, Zachary Franklin only has one year of eligibility left. So, even wherever right. he lands, you're only going to get one year of him. And then Keon Coleman, he technically has three years of eligibility left right. here. But, actually, he might, have, he like might only have two. Yeah. But he's very clearly trying to go somewhere that can develop him to be an NFL draft pick next year. So right. I think right. you're definitely only getting one year out of him. So another point in the favor of Luke McCaffrey there. Right. The only counterbalance I could think is you could probably still get a, more for Franklin than you could for Coleman. And I have no... It depends on know, where each of them land, I think. Yeah. I mean, just right now, today, not knowing where they're going, so, I think people would pay more for Franklin. Let us let me let me put this out there, Dwight. Yeah. Franklin lands at Oregon. Coleman lands at Florida State. Which one are you more interested in? Coleman. You're inter- more interested in Coleman. Interesting. Explain. Yes. Explain. Because I think Oregon's got more mouths to feed. I know Florida State's got Johnny Wilson and, you know, a bunch of different good tight ends now. Um, But I think Coleman's got a better chance to stand out in that crowd than Franklin does with the guys that Knicks has in Oregon. So, All right, I'll throw throw a counter-argument out here. Really close. Because I I think I might actually be a little bit more interested in Franklin. This is coming from a guy that already has Franklin on on a lot of his teams. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But – 
I think Franklin at Oregon would be interesting because, again, he reunites with Will Sign, his offensive coordinator, from UTSA. And so he would understand that system pretty well. I think he'd instantly become one of, I think, easily in the top three wide receivers, if not one of the top two. I don't know if he passes up Troy Franklin because Troy Franklin's just super talented like that. But we saw Will Stein was able to produce three CFF wide receivers for them for UTSA last year. So maybe it's not even that big of a deal if Franklin's the number two or the number three in that offense. He could still be a CFF productive wide receiver versus Coleman. I agree with you. He probably could stand out at Florida State, but I'm still not entirely sold on what the value is of a number one wide receiver for Florida State this year. Because last year, like again, you had Johnny Wilson kind of break out down the stretch and everything like that. But who's to, who's to say that, again, it, it kind of reversed to what they were at the beginning of the season where there wasn't really that number one standout guy. They spread the ball around a ton. Versus at Oregon, right. you're in the Pac-12, one of the some of the worst defenses in the Power Five. You have yeah. to pass the ball to keep keep it in games, the high scoring games. I actually might be a little bit more interested in Franklin there, but that's hypothetical. None of the, neither of these guys right. have landed right. anywhere. We can discuss that more further when we get down the line. But for now, I think Dwight, we will. Move on to the next question here. Thank you, Trev, for that last question. Let's go to Stephen's question. Stephen Johnson at Stephen Fantasy F on Twitter. Stephen felt like talking about tight ends today. And so he's got three <laughs> different tight ends here. He's talking about Jatavian Sanders out of Texas, Brant Keithy out of Utah, and Austin Stogner out of Oklahoma. Dwight, Twake, wake it away. Take it away. Get away. So, That's how I felt when I saw away. this question. Like tight ends, get me away. Now, um, this one actually was a lot easier than I thought it would be. Um, I I'm, honestly kind of agree. Yeah, I'm definitely keeping Sanders. I, I just think he's got, he might go to the NFL after this year, but I, I don't think he'll go. I think he's got the most upside as far as a, a pass receiver, a monstrous season. I think Keithy's going to have a, a big season himself, but he's also 29 years old and, done you know this is he's got to be done with eligibility i assume so i would definitely trade him though because you're definitely going to get a lot of value for him he's a name that's you know out there on the and stogners and just an easy cut for me it's i i don't have any faith in him being anything more than what he's been so far you know two three hundred yards couple touchdowns you know i just don't i don't see it dude Austin Stockner is the third ugly stepsister between these, these three guys. Like they, He's the one that was so yeah. ugly that they didn't even talk about him. Like, what is he doing in the same room as these two right now? Um, <laughs> exactly. One of these things is not like the other. Not, yeah, one of these guys is not like the other. So, again, I fully agree with you. I'm on board with all, all where you have all three of these guys. Austin Stockner, easy, easy cut there. I'm fully with you. Keep Jatavian Sanders. There's a world, a likely world, in my opinion, that both these guys are going to the NFL next year. But Keithy has to. He has only one year of eligibility left. There is a possibility that Sanders could come back after another year. And if you are looking at, you have, first of all, you have both of these guys on your dynasty team. You're already pretty, you're already looking at a really, really good dynasty team there. You drafted very well with these guys. Trade away Keithy to a competitive, hungry team that needs a tight end. And then hold on to Jatavian Sanders, who I don't think has. That you're not looking at a huge drop off between Keithy and Sanders there. I at least in ADP value right now, I would get some value out of Keithy right now. Be happy with the fact that you have the tight end three in CFF ADP so far this year. 
and just keep it going from there and hope and hope and pray that somehow Sanders returns for an additional two year two years, in which case you one hundred percent won this keep cut and trade battle right here. Okay. Like it. Yep. Alrighty, let's keep it going here. Steven, thank you for that question. Let's go and talk about Mr. Kevin Coleman's question. Kevin Coleman at the boys underscore 22. He's got three running backs for us to consider here. Dwight, we got Bucky Irving running back out of Oregon. Raymond Davis running back out of, um, I almost said Vanderbilt. That's where he was transferring from. Kentucky. Out of Kentucky. Yeah. And we have Mr. Jace McClellan running back out of Alabama. Where do I start with this one? We'll start with who I am keeping. <laughs> I'm going to keep yeah. Mr. Jace McClellan. I am heavily, heavily sold on McClellan this year at the Alabama system. Yes, you're probably only getting one year out of him, but you are definitely getting one year out of Raymond Davis versus McClellan. Technically, you could come back next year, but even so, I think the Alabama running back position, especially with their QB struggles right now, I think the Alabama running back position is a much more lucrative place to be right now. And then... In terms of who I am cutting, I'm going to go with Bucky Irving. Bucky Irving does have the most amount of eligibility out of these guys. He's got three years of eligibility remaining here. My thing is, and I kind of made this pretty clear on the running back summit we had a couple of weeks ago, even though I lost the debate, I'm still really hesitant on Bucky Irving in this Oregon offense this year, mostly because I just don't think he'll get the volume. He's very efficient, which is really good to see. But at the same time, that staff really does seem to like Noah Whittington, and he's not going away. They're not going to get let Irving really be that three-down back they need him to be. So I'm quite hesitant there with him. And then I would probably go ahead and trade Raymond Davis. He feels like that perfect guy you have on your roster that you're probably looking at. You're saying, ah, that's probably my you know like third, maybe fourth best running back I have on my team right now. I could probably trade him away and maybe get something in return for... A position of need I might have that might really put me over the top and get me in contender status. So, Dwight, your thoughts here? These are my I, three. I I would say I'm not my confidence rating on in terms of how I feel about these is probably like a six out of ten. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying, and I don't like it. No, I'm just you're kidding. Like <laughs> no, I I can't get on the Jace McCullen McCullen train. I just freaking can't. So I, I would trade him because I think he's got the most name value. Although Bucky is getting a lot of name value as well too. So I actually think Ray Davis is in for a monster year. All so right. I think he's he's going to have a huge year. So for me, he's a keep. Um, if I've got one season, hey Dwight, uh, between if we're, him if and we're in a dynasty league yeah. together, and you got McClellan, I got Davis. Let's make something happen here, okay? Yeah, I would do it. I wouldn't even hesitate. Yeah, not at all. So I, I just love the Kentucky can put out those guys that can have those huge monstrous seasons, and and I just think I think they've got you know obviously some upgrades and quarterback, and they've got great receivers. So I can definitely see maybe them not leaning on running backs as much as they have in the past, but. So that, and then Bucky's a cut for me too. I just don't, yeah, I'm not a big fan. So I think it was just a, he got in the right place at the right time last year. So, yeah. Yeah. Again, again, Bucky, I still think will be fine this year for the most part, yeah, but fine. I like uh, amongst these three, definitely. I'd say he's the one with the most risk right now. So let's put those back unless you have any final thoughts here, Dwight. Nope. No. All righty. Let's get you back. On the stage here, you're going to answer a question Ugh. from a good old long friend of the show. For those of you who are from way back, 
Xavier's back, and he put in oh. a question for us here. Keep trade and cut between Bo Nix, Michael Penix Jr., and Quinn Ewers. Not to take your thunder away here, Dwight, because you are the one answering this question first. But I do want people to point. I do want to point out here: Nix and Penix, one year of eligibility left, both of them. Ewers has three, technically. So, right. your thoughts there, Dwight? <laughs> Xavier, I don't like you. Um, I'm just going to go right down to the – I'm just going to cut straight to the chase of this one. If I'm trading these quarterbacks, I'm tra- these quarterbacks to me have one year left. I mean, I'm just basically. And if you give me one year left of this, I want Knicks. I mean, I want what he did last year. I mean, he carried so many of my CFF teams last year. I, so I'm definitely going to keep him. And then to me, I can get the most value for yours. I know that I'm probably biting a two-year bullet, you know, if he does take a little bit of time. But if he takes a little bit of time and doesn't have the year that we want him to have, then you're really going to be extra happy that you had Knicks. You know, you're going to be super happy because if he puts up the same numbers as Knicks, you're probably not going to be happy, but he's also going to be gone. Mm-hmm. So you might as well trade him. And then to me, Penix is, I mean, we've seen his ceiling and I, I love him as a quarterback, but out of these three, he's the one I'd cut. I mean, that ceiling's pretty freaking incredible. Like if I, it is up, pretty damn good. Yeah. If I, if I, oh, now my, now my, I just uh, don't think thing doesn't want to, there we go. Loading up. I just up don't know if he, you can trade, mu- I just don't know if you can get much for him for trade. I mean, he I mean, finishes I mean, the QB eight last year. Like that's a yeah. pretty incredible ceiling here. So oh, yeah. I disagree with you slightly here, Dwight, because I'm going to switch the cut in the trade here. I agree with you 100%, though. Bo Nix is my keep here. Again, with the weapons that they're surrounding him with, they have an incredible, they made an incredible offensive coordinator hire, in my opinion, bringing over Will Stein over from UTSA. He, what he did with Frank Harris was pretty close to what Kenny Dillingham was able to do with Bo Nix last year. So I'm 100% keeping around Bo Nix, who was the QB1 last year. I am trading Michael Penix Jr. and cutting Quinn Ewers of these three guys. Like I said, Dwight, I kind of teased at the very beginning about like, oh, Ewers has multiple years of eligibility left while these other two guys don't. Yeah, Ewers is going off to the NFL draft next year. Unless he has an absolute bomb of a year this year, I think he has his eyes set on getting to the league next year. So pretty much all these guys have one year, like you said. Michael Penix Jr., to me, is the guy to go ahead and try to trade away if these three really are the number one, like the like the three options you have in your quarterback room right now. I would go ahead and try to get away with Penix. You're talking about a first, second round pick in CFF drafts this year. And again, because all these guys have one year of eligibility left, that gives you a pretty good idea of how people expect them to perform. I think you can trade him away. I don't, again, I don't normally like to think about this, but with Penix, it's been kind of a nagging thing in the back of my head. Those health issues could pop back up again this year. Right. And we, again, Ewers obviously wasn't exactly the healthiest person last year either, but Knicks, we haven't really seen that many problems with in the past as well. I think some people are kind of forgetting about that with Penix a little bit, drafting them him as high as they are. So I think you get a pretty good bounty for Penix in the trade market there. Much more than I think you can get Quinn Ewers. I know Quinn Ewers has a lot of name value there, but there's a lot of people who got burned pretty badly last year by him finishing uh, QB 100 plus after drafting right. him in like the third, fourth round going to Texas and everything. So I think that you could get a little bit more for Penix right now than Ewers. So that's why I'm trading him away. 
I, th I think I saw Dwight mouth fair enough there. Oh, sorry. I thought it's I was good. on mute. And I'm not even on mute. So I'm just like nodding like, yes, this is an audio medium. And I'm nodding. Um, yes, I agree. Thank you, sir. Yeah. All right. <laughs> nah, fair enough. All right. Let me put these little, little doohickeys back. And let's go ahead and hit up. We got two more Another to hit one. on yeah. here. This is a really good one from Marcus Harvey. Marcus Harvey underscore on Twitter. Once again, three quarterbacks here. You got Sam Hartman, Jordan Travis, and once again, Joe Milton. People really wanted to know about what's going on with Joe Milton, I guess. To me, here is what you got going on here. I think you easily cut Hartman. I yeah. think out of these three guys, like Joe Milton, Jordan Travis, both CFF studs, it looks like going into this year. Uh, Jordan Travis really set up for success in terms of the amount of weapons surrounding him with Joe Milton, obviously in that Josh Heupel system over there. Sam Hartman, I do think is going to bring an element to the Notre Dame passing game that we haven't really seen out of them in quite some time. The problem is I don't see elite passing volume there and I don't right. see mm -hmm. a ton of dual threat ability. Not that Hartman can't run and not that they won't give him carries around the goal line. Cause that's what they did at wake forest. Um, or that's what they have been doing at Wake Forest with all their QBs lately. But at the same time, that's a much bigger risk, in my opinion, than, again, guys like Joe Milton, Jordan Travis. So easy cut Sam Hartman here for me. So now that becomes the question of, do I trade away Jordan Travis or do I keep Joe Milton? All three, of the, both of these guys have one year of eligibility left. It's a kind of a tough one. So I think because you are... I think because you are looking at just this year, I think I'm going to keep Travis and go with Milton, even though I like Milton's system better. Travis has a much less likely chance of losing that starting job. This is Travis's team this year. There is nobody breathing down his neck in that quarterback room. They are going to ride or die on him. Milton, I still think it is very likely he starts the entire season and does very well for himself. But there is just that little bit of risk kind of going on there that he could perform really well some games and completely crap the bed in some other games. I think you get a little bit more consistency out of Jordan Travis and a little bit less risk there in terms of him losing his starting job. So I think I'm going to hold on to Travis and trade away Joe Milton where I can. So Dwight. Yeah. Totally thoughts with these guys no i totally agree we talked earlier in the show about milton's trade value too i mean he's like the big sexy name right now so yeah you can get a lot for him so i would definitely do that in a heartbeat and travis just feels safer so yep all righty let's put the new hickeys back and let's <laughs> i don't get i don't like this last one this one's hard this one, last remember, one's this hard one. <laughs> uh, yeah you know i don't really like this you. one i well I, see here's the problem this this guy was an absolute butthole uh, coming into our comment section, completely rude. It's from some guy named Jared uh, at CFF underscore Jared on Twitter. Like he he comes in just asking about these oh. three guys, just absolutely Georgia crazy. Bulldog, yeah. I, 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 know, know I know those Bulldog yeah. fans, dude. They're absolutely nuts. Anyway, this butthole is asking about uh, Derwin Burgess Jr., wide receiver out of Georgia Southern, Jamal Banks, wide receiver out of Wake Forest, or Tyler Shuck out of... Quarterback out of Texas Tech. I think this is the first time, the first question we have here that involves different positions. I yeah, think all the other ones have like been three, three different or um, three different guys at the same position. This one actually kind of mixes it up a little bit. Got two wide receivers and a quarterback here. Dwight, 
set this more on straight. What's going on here? Where would you go with this? <laughs> this is really hard for me. Um, to me, I, this is this is an unrational thing I have. I love Jamal Banks. I love the situation he's in at Wake Forest. I think he's the dude. I like Mitch Griffiths. I think he's in for a monster season, a couple years of eligibility left. So to me, Banks is my keep. I know that's probably not popular. Um, Shuck is a trade for me. Um, just because I just, I have not seen him on the field for an entire season. I realized that when he's on the field, he produces those elite numbers that we like. But I'm just not 100% sold on him. I've never liked him. I don't like the fact that he spells his name like show and they call him Shuck. It bothers me. I'm not going to lie. I, like I said, I'm petty. No. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm just not a big Tyler Chuck fan, but I realize he's got that, that value. And then Burgess, man, I love Burgess, but I just don't know what's going on at Georgia Southern. Um, as of right now, I think their quarterback situation is really up in the air still. And I'm not, this is one where I had to kind of look, dig a little bit at my CFF knowledge too, because I, I love Banks, Burgess, I don't have a whole lot on yet. So I'll defer to you on that. But for me, he's a cut. So speaking from personal experience on this question, <laughs> I didn't really know which way I wanted to go on this. Again, all three of these guys go relatively the same in terms of their value on right. Uh, CFF draft so far this year, Burgess, uh, end of the fifth round, Banks, beginning of the fifth, uh, beginning of the seventh round, Shuck right there in the middle of the sixth round. So these guys are pretty much all right there with each other. Banks and Burgess have two years remaining of eligibility. Both of these guys, I don't think, are really itching to go to the NFL. So it's very possible that they both right. utilize that last year of eligibility right there if they can. Meanwhile, Shuck has only one year of eligibility left. That all being said, I think I'm going to agree with you, Dwight, on where you have all of these guys. Chuck, if this person has other quarterbacks on his team that he is feeling very good about, he could easily trade away Chuck, try to get some value out of there, take advantage of his deeper quarterback room, give right. it to a team who is uh, who's playoff hungry, wants to shoot for the upside with a guy like Chuck, and then you don't have to deal with Chuck's injury history as well anymore so probably trade him away that leaves jamal banks and derwin burgess i think both of these guys have a lot going for them this year both in great offensive systems but i think i'm going to keep jamal banks just like you and cut burgess because banks i am pretty sold on being the number one wide receiver in wake forest oh, this yeah. year i like donovan green quite a bit but man that x receiver role at wake forest has just been an absolute cff gold mine the last couple of years and banks has been all over that for this year. So I think I'm going to go with him and cut Burgess. You know, I think Burgess is in for another really good year. He's coming off of injury right. that kept him out of the end of last year. And you got Caleb hood there. That really looks like he's budding into a star for that Georgia Southern offense. I think he kind of carries the most risk out of these guys right now, as well as not being able to return as much value for you. So I think he'll be the cut out of these three. I again, I agree with you. This is a pretty tough question. You make so, me feel really good. <laughs> so, but I think no, I, just, I think I'm in the same. I think I'm in the same boat as you, Dwight. I just know when I was I was 
I don't watch a lot of Wake Forest. So when I but when I was watching AT Perry, when I was watching Wake, I'm like, who is number 80? Like, holy mm-hmm. heck, like he is a very dominant receiver and he's got that that dude mentality. Oh yeah. You know, like he's the guy. And I love that. Yeah, it'd be one thing if like Banks was a guy that um I was just projecting to take over the eggs right. and he was uh like, oh, I'm just playing fully on system here. This is a guy that was able to kind of take over games last year as a backup. Again, you have the game against Clemson, six catches, 141 yards, and two touchdowns. Later on, Boston College as the backup, seven catches, 79 yards, two touchdowns. Like, dude has already shown that he can be that go-to guy for this offense. And it, or and another one, Liberty. Uh, against Liberty, six catches, 55 yards, two touchdowns. Like, you're talking about, again... He was the backup, and he was already kind of being willing to fill in for that role. And he also was getting an absurd amount of touchdowns for the number of catches that he was getting compared to the rest of the season, rest of the receivers. He's fully going to slot into that role. I have no doubt about that whatsoever. So glad we can agree on that, Dwight. And with that being said, again, a little bit of a shorter show for us this week. But Dwight, you did fantastic. And I think that brings us pretty much right here to the end of our show dwight you have been like i said you've been fantastic man great to finally have you on here and why don't you you go ahead and let people know what kind of stuff you're working on for campus to canton over the next couple of uh next couple months yeah that's uh very deep right now in the the cff guide that's coming out you know it's a lot of uh these guys are, are freaking animals. I mean, I'm, I'm amazed that like, we just opened it up this week and how many profiles are already in team profiles is just blown my way, blown my mind. I go on there to edit them and there's already like 30 of them. And I'm like, Holy smokes guys. <laughs> like, like I'm used to like 10, 10 or so every couple of days, you know, like how the Debbie guide was. So um, definitely that got a lot more CFF drafts coming up. Uh, sure. CFF dynasty. I, I'm just excited. The more I play CFF, the more I love it. And the more I want to get immersed into it, um, it truly is the best. Yeah, I, I don't find myself liking NFL fantasy as much anymore. So, I definitely enjoy my CFF leagues. Like I, if I win a CFF league or a CFF side of campus to Canton league, I'm super happy. Like if I win the NFL, I'm like, oh, I got lucky. You know, like it, I feel like CFF is so much more validation for hard work. So. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. It, it truly feels like you are rewarded for how much time you're putting into truly understanding all these teams, finding those little nuggets on Twitter, yeah. listening to all of those podcasts that, that are out there and everything. Because again, like when you're listening to CFF podcasts, everybody has such different opinions. And that's what's so much fun about it is that you can listen to one guy talk about one team and they absolutely love the situation. You listen to another guy and suddenly it's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be as on that team. But again, you kind of pick and choose you kind of figure yourself out and it is a ton of fun throughout the regular season and the off season. So we got a lot of great stuff going on there. Uh, again, Dwight, you've done a fantastic job. Your daily draft report is incredible. For those of you who are getting ready for your rookie leagues on the NFL side of things and everything like that, go check out Dwight's hard work over on the campus Canton podcast feed. Pretty much almost every major draft prospect Dwight has brought on a guest to discuss, um, and again, it's a great breakdown, a great way to catch up on all of these different guys to know about each and every one of them. So make sure you go and check all of that out. In terms of things over here, like I said, Dwight, you've been fantastic. 
Thank Again, you, man. Thank you. A little bit of a shorter show and everything today, but that is oh. A-OK, got a ton of great content coming to you guys for CFF Dynasty Month for Chasing the Natty. Again, next week we'll be talking about some supplemental players that'll be widely available in a lot of your CFF Dynasty leagues for those of you who are in redraft leagues, but might want to hear about some little bit deeper guys that are pretty widely available that you might want to take a shots on this year. Definitely check that out. We'll be talking instant impact freshmen the week after, and then we'll have a big finale. We'll bring on several people and we're going to do a freshman and supplemental guide live during the show between three to four of us. It is going to be absolutely fantastic. Again, lots of great stuff coming y'all's way. Really appreciate all of you guys listening and I hope you guys have a wonderful and blessed weekend. See y'all.